wrap up with, I think, one of the most important scriptures that deals with children in the Bible. You know, the Old Testament speaks a lot about children and the relationship of parents, the relationship of grandparents being a part of the lives of the children and grandchildren to grow up with a steady diet of really coming before the Lord. You know, we are told that in the last days, the hearts of many will grow cold, which tells us that there will be generations that will turn away from the Lord, generations that will not know the Lord, and we can really see that in our society today. But the church, the Lord's church, is the cornerstone as it builds itself on Jesus Christ to be a group of people banning together in the name of all that is right and good of God to spread the word, to teach, to share, to train up, and to grow. But we should never take it for granted because it takes committed believers who love the Lord so very, very much. I want us to look at a scripture here in just a moment that really deals with everything that I've just told you about, that the idea, even in your own family, that you could have faith. And if you're not careful to make sure that it's instilled in your children until it becomes their own, your children could possibly go their own way. This is Judges chapter 2. I'm just going to read it to you. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went back to take possession of the land. He's leading them in to the land flowing with milk and honey, the land of Canaan, each to their own inheritance. They are dispersing. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who knew neither of the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Now, isn't that startling? That you might be the generation that remembers the Lord that loves the Lord, that serves the Lord, and walks with the Lord. But if you're not careful, your children, their generation, may not know anything about the Lord. And we may even ask ourselves the question, how is it possible for me to serve and walk with the Lord and not influence my children? It's possible. And so we have to intentionally, parents and grandparents, find a good, healthy balance to make sure our children love and serve the Lord. I just want to share this morning some of my insights from my own life. I have a 32-year-old daughter, 
named Ashley and a 28-year-old son named Jabez. Most of you know them. And it was like many parents, trial and error, things that didn't work, things that did work, things that you wish you wouldn't have done, things that you're glad you you did, and, and just it's a mixed bag. But from early on, we taught our children to love God more than they loved us. And it was systematic part of our lives through 10, 12 years old, who do you love the most? Who do you love the most? And we love, we love you, we love mom and dad the most. No, that's good that you love us. But we want you to love God more than you love us. Because God is your Father in heaven, and we are to love Him with all of our hearts, above all other things. Because if you get that right in your life and your children's life, and you do it systematically, and it is flavored with a grace and a truth and a mercy and a love, that will guide your children all the way until they're called away from this life. You can still ask my kids... Who do you love the most? And they know, Dad, we know what you're wanting us to say. And now we do it with our grandchildren. We start it with them. We as parents, grandparents, a church family should want these sweet little children, which are blessings from God, to love Him more than anything else in this world. Because when they love Him most, whenever they come up against the different temptations, that love of God will supersede often the temptation because of the love they have for God. So, Deuteronomy 6. If you were to ask a Jew... What is the most important text in the Bible? Deuteronomy 6. Jesus would echo that too in the New Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And then teach these things to your children. Teach these things as you walk along the road. Teach these things as you eat dinner. Teach these things as you put them to bed at night. Teach these things. The Lord is one. Love the Lord with all of your being. Parents, are you making it a point to teach your children to walk with, to love, and to look to God in that way, to that degree. It's a challenge. It's something that we need reminded. Our hearts need pricked. Like, this is the most important thing that I can ever give my child. It's more important than a car. It's more important than fashion clothing. It's more important than college. Teaching them to love the Lord. Praying that they embrace the Lord is the greatest thing you will ever do. And the thing is, 
it's never too late to start. The ideal is to start when they're young. But my kids are 32 and 28, and I do my best to strike the right balance. But I preach at them all the time. I send them quotes that I think are fantastic quotes. I try to hear their story and what they're going through at a given time and like maybe this is what God is trying to show you what God is trying to do always God keeping God before them in all things whenever they think they want this or they want that what what does God want what have you went to God to see what he wants go there first because that'll save you a lot of grief in life trying to do it on your own trying to do it without God is a disaster and if, if you can know that and believe that and live that, you see, the relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of salvation or damnation. Who do you want teaching your children? Who do you want affecting your life of your child the world yourself or God and his holy scriptures it's possible for you to sit here and be a devout believer and yet you're not pouring yourselves in to your children or your grandchildren the way that you should do Talk to them about God. In Matthew 19, verses 13, 14, and 15, just some brief observations that I want to make. In Matthew 19, the people brought little children to Jesus. And the first thing that I simply want to say to all of us in this is, parents understand the importance of their children being with Jesus. They brought their children to Jesus. They were motivated to get their children to Jesus. I just stress, they brought, they brought, they brought. It's something that we all can do in different ways. We can bring them to church to be before Jesus. We can open up a Bible that is childlike, that they can understand to a degree, or just has pictures, and we can talk about those pictures each and every day, just a constant diet. We can bring our children to Jesus through prayer. But I'm simply saying, bring your children to Jesus. And this is what I realized, like, as I thought about this in Danielle and I's life. Sometimes isn't it hectic? It was, it was hectic for us 32 years ago. Sometimes life is so hectic that the last thing you want to do is to have another thing to do. We got to get up, got to get the kids dressed after we feed them, then we got to get them loaded in the car, and then we've got to drive to church, and then we got to get all those seat belts and get undone and get them in. And it's crazy and it's hectic and sometimes you're frustrated with your spouse. And it's like, now smile because we're going in the doors of the church. It's hectic. 
As I sat here and preached, just I think, look, there's Greg Hadfield with the little grandson sitting on his lap in church. And he's wiping the sweat off his forehead. But it's it's hectic. And when it's hectic in life, it's like, oh, that's too hard. It's too much. Yes, it is. But it's the greatest act of love a parent can offer for their children. They brought. They brought. They brought. They were motivated. Parents, grandparents, whoever these people are, they saw the necessity, the importance of getting their children before Jesus. And I hope you do too, because the eldership of this church and the ministry staff of this church, we believe our children are important, critically important. We want them to be filled with the Word of God. We want them to worship the Lord so that their faith does become their own, that church is an exciting thing to them, that they come to meet the living God and make the great confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. We want that. It's a challenge. We spend so much time doing background checks every other year. Background check, background check, background check. Is it safe to have this person? Do we have a security system? Are our doors, are the kids safe? Are we doing everything we can? And then our teachers and then the curriculum. But we value the kids because they're the next generation. And it would be sad to think that we as a group of Christians at the Kentwood Christian Church weren't pouring our lives into pointing our children to Jesus. And so we're blessed to have Cheyenne O'Dell over there running that nursery. We're blessed to have Bernie down there with the kids because I know both these ladies. I know Bernie probably better because I've been around her longer. She loves those kids. She's very protective of those kids. And so we should thank God and where we can join in and help carry the load to make their load lighter so that they can focus on the teaching of Jesus. We all need to join in. Parents understand the importance of their children being with Jesus. They brought them. Are you bringing them? Now, it's one thing, and I did the same thing, I, Danielle, we invested in our own kids. I didn't count on a Sunday school class. I wasn't just relying on the church to do it. We were involved. It is the solemn responsibility, even obligation of a parent, parents to make sure that they are bringing themselves and their children before the presence of Jesus. Next, he says in verse 13, the people brought their little children to Jesus. And I wanted to emphasize... The two Jesus. You see, sometimes what you see in people is it's sort of mechanical and it's sort of corporate. It's sort of like a, a wrought action. Like we, we go through the motions and we bring our children to religion. Not to Jesus, to religion. And there's a religion that God loves, and that is taking care of widows and taking care of orphans. That's religious. That's a spiritual truth. It's good. But religion is not what we want to bring our children to. 
because religion is mechanical in many ways. We want to bring our children to Jesus. Nothing else. Not just a fun group. Not just a social group. Not just to a a group that gets together for a meal. But to Jesus where when they are gathering, He is the focus of everything that is taking place. Are you bringing your children to Jesus, the person of Jesus. It shows us in this text they wanted these children that probably didn't even know what was going on to be in His presence. And that's what a parent, a grandparent, wants for their children. I think it's an important distinction. Bring them to Jesus, not to some religious ceremony. Because the personal relationship is what is most important. Not going through the motions. Not showing up on the holidays. Not just being at church on a Sunday morning. But being there because you worship, you serve, and you love the creator of the universe and his word. This is just a small sample But I want you to know that our Sunday school classes downstairs in the children's wing and our worship time is planned out every year in advance. We have every lesson that these children will learn. They're thought through. They're biblical. For example, today in the curriculum, and if you don't have one of these sheets that shows the curriculum and what your kids are learning, I know they were handed out at the beginning of the school year, let me know, let the author know, and, and we'll get you a copy. But it is organized, and it is meditated and prayed over. Today, April 29th, the children's ministry moment, and we would do a recap of Superstart. May 6th, you see, you get Bible cookies, they're fudge stripes, the text is Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30, the servants investing money, and the main theme the kids will leave with, God wants to use our talents for Him. And just going, we need Jesus to be our Savior. Main point, May 20th, God wants us to put Him and others ahead of ourselves. And we just keep going through June, and on and on and on. It's not like Sunday morning, what am I going to teach the kids? I better grab something, what are you teaching? No, We have a curriculum that's designed and purposed with prayer. And I am proud of that. And I want you to know that's what your children receive each and every Sunday school class or worship service. We called the worship hour crew Children Radically Experiencing Worship so that they would have that time of just praising the Lord with their kind of music and songs that they could be energetic to. Continuing in Matthew 13, they brought their children to Jesus for Him to place His hands on them and pray for them. Godly parents strongly desire Jesus' affection and attention on their children. I don't know if you ever thought about it that way. They bring these children to Jesus and maybe set them in his lap 
but they want his affection over them and his attention on them. How many times do you pray, oh Lord, I know you love my child, but I really want you to love my child. I know you love all children the same, Lord, but I want you to love my child. I want you to have just such a deep affection for Ashley and Jabez. And that's what I want for them. Because they'll experience you in a deeper way if your love and affection is upon them. I want your attention. Lord, I want you looking down. I know you say that you're looking down. But I, I'm telling you, just because it's in my heart, I want you to see my children, what they're going through, what they're dealing with. Keep them safe, Lord. Give them your attention. Hear their prayers, no matter how immature and shallow they are. Thank you for listening to them and watching over them because I've been shallow and I've been immature. And Lord, you've always been there for me, growing me, maturing me. Keep your child in prayer that God's affection and attention is on them because it says more about you as parents than anything Because God loves children. Jesus wants the children to come to Him. Do you have that strong desire? And then we see verse 13, the latter part, but the disciples rebuked them. Not the children so much probably as the people bringing the children to Jesus. Parents understand they will always have obstacles to overcome in keeping their children before Jesus. There's there's obstacles of doing this. You're tired. You're drained. You've given all that you can give. It's another thing to do. But because you know it's the most important thing to do, you do it in your own life, in your own home. And it's something that you value and your children know that you value. But there's obstacles. People can be obstacles. You can be an obstacle that gets in the way of this because you just might be lazy. We start making excuses. Well, this isn't really that important. Yes, it is. It is that important. And so, whether it's someone that says something to you or says something to your child that's an obstacle, the disciples rebuke the parents, maybe even the children. Jesus don't have time for this. There's more important things. The children need to get out of the way. They're too loud. They cry. They scream. They laugh. They're just a nuisance. Not in Jesus' mind. Not in Jesus' mind. And whatever the obstacle is, you work through it. You don't give up. You never give up. Even if your child at certain ages might not really want it, you got to be wise. They're always there encouraging directing did d and i have obstacles with our kids absolutely now this picture i'm getting ready to show you was from seven years ago happened to be traveling down went by the church that i uh, first started at back in 1989 ashley was just three years old uh but uh, that's when i was eating a little bit more bread than i should have been and uh, (laughs) but i want you to know that's the first church i ever preached at Eagleville Church of Christ, little bitty church, about 60 people, all of them grandparents, very few our age. I mean, we were 24 and 25, but but that's the church. You'd walk up those steps and you'd go through those doors and then you would have to walk through these double doors that opened in the middle, had springs to them 
almost like you was, you know, I don't want to say you're on gun smoke walking into a bar, but, you know, <laughs> that's sort of what it was. You'd just swing him doors open. And, and uh, God imprinted something in my mind that stayed with me all of these years. So we're down there having Sunday school class. I was teaching the Sunday school class. All the adults sat right there in the worship. And there was nothing for the children. Ashley was it. So, you, you know, you didn't have a class for her. Ashley was it. And I remember teaching the Sunday school class. And Ashley went out through the double doors into the bathroom. And then as she was coming back in, she opened them about four inches, and all you saw was her little face looking through. And the Lord struck me. She's got nothing. She's got nothing. What a, whoa. I don't care if she's three years old. She was getting it at home. But God struck my heart and convicted me. Whether it's one child, we've got to have something. And so we created a children's class that eventually grew to a whopping six kids. But because it's not there, grandparents didn't bring grandchildren, parents didn't really get involved in the church. It's important to make sure our children are brought to Jesus and that they walk with Him. And I don't care what obstacle it is, if you're a church of 60 people and they're all grandparents' age and your child's the only one, you can be successful. And all I've got is my kids to show that. And there may be areas in my life that I've not done so well in, but when it comes to marriage and my wife, I've done great. When it comes to my children, I've done great. We've done great. But ultimately, the Lord did great. Because my children love the Lord. Not perfect, but they love the Lord. They're serving the Lord. Just just graduated from Bible college and he is going into music ministry. My daughter is in music ministry at her church. They sing. They love the Lord. The only thing they listen to is Christian radio. They might listen to some old music once in a while, but that's what's in their car. I turn on the radio. That's what they... I call Jabez. He's taking a trip driving. I hear him listen to the songs in, in the background. And so I know that teaching them to love the Lord above all other things and getting them before the Lord and being realistic that we aren't the perfect family, we don't have it all together, but with God, we've got it all. And what you did or you didn't do, that hurt God. And to keep it real like that and have expectations on your children. Some parents is like, well, you're just going to have to let your kids choose when they get a certain age. Well, you may go that route, but not this old dog. I'm going to be there every step of the way because I want my children to love the Lord. So we teach and we train. The other day, I sent a text to Ashley and Javis. I said, John 16, 16, save it, don't lose it, remember it, because that's what me and your mom want on our tombstone. 
because they're preaching our funeral. And it's like, Ashley, and like, I don't know if we can, you're going to do it. I don't want anybody else to do it. You can cry later. You can cry while you're doing it. But there is nobody that knows me like you. You're preaching my funeral. And on my tombstone, I want John 16, 16, the second part. Jesus says in the very first part, after a little while, you will see me no more. This is what we want on our tombstone. Then in a little while, you will see me again. Then in a little while, you will see me again. I want my children to remember the last thing they ever did for their mom and dad was to talk about them in matters of faith in God. And I want them to stand over a tombstone, wherever that place may be, and to be reminded that my heart was saying to them, the very promise Jesus made to his disciples is a promise that we can make to our children in a little while you will see me again. Keep walking with the Lord. Keep serving the Lord. Some say, well, that's, that's sort of creepy. That's sort of morbid. Well, not in the spiritual realm. It's not. This is real life we're living. And our kids mean everything to us. And wherever we can have a voice, an input, into pointing them to the Lord, that's what we want to do. There's all kinds of obstacles Don't make excuses. Battle through them with the Lord's help. Verse 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Jesus wants children to have an unhindered path into his presence. Don't embitter your children. Don't provoke your children to anger. Jesus loves the children and wants you, wants us, wants the church to not hinder them in their path of coming to know him. I remember, uh, I'm just going to say it. It's been, I've been here 12 years in April. It's probably my second year here. The children's ministry said, minister said, I would like to do a winter's blues uh, blaster where all the kids wear their pajamas. And they wear their pajamas for whatever reason, winter blues blasters. I said, I'm with you. Even asked some of the elders, hey, would you guys wear some of your, you know, house coats? And let's, let's get into this with the kids. Let's, let's connect with the kids. Let's have fun with the kids. Because God don't really care about what we're wearing as long as we are modest and covered up and have a purpose for it. I remember this uh, family, they were just like, this is just disgraceful. How, how could you do that? How could you water down the importance of worship? The kids loved it. The kids were connected. They felt a part of everything. How could you not do it? We've got to get down on the level with the children at different times. And I thought my morning robe looked pretty nice. And I even preached the sermon that fit, wake up, oh sleeper. It all tied together, but there, but there's these obstacles and these problems. Jesus doesn't want anything to hinder a child coming to him. Your child doesn't have to carry a King James 1611 Bible. Get them a Bible they can read and understand. Now, as they get older, you want to be careful. You want more of a literal interpretation. But, but make it 
something that they enjoy and love to do. Don't hinder, don't make their path to Him your path. Love them. Let them know how much you love God. Don't hinder your children. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such of these. Jesus affirms the deep spiritual value of children. Deep spiritual value. The kingdom of heaven belongs to these. In fact, earlier in Matthew, Jesus says, if you don't become like a little child yourself, you're going to have no part in the kingdom of God because children are trusting and open and loving in general. So we affirm also the deep spiritual value of children. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Jesus freely gives his affection and attention to children. Parents want that, but I want you to know Jesus gives it. Jesus gives it. Now, this this whole thing, what I want to do here is show you a short I think it's 43-second video clip that I received. Dee received it to Friday. Now, our 32-year-old daughter, Ashley, we were down there with her, helping her in her garden, babysitting, helped cook supper, then left and got home about 6.30, 7 p.m., and we get this video clip. And it just thrilled my heart because the video clip, whether she even realizes it or not, is doing everything that I hoped it would do because it says where her values are. And that's not like she's teaching her three-month-old little Luke to be a song leader at church. But I want to show you this video. I'll have them bring it up and then just watch it. And I traveled through the pilgrim and there were a friend who walked with me. Lead me safely through the thinking Then it is a quite a cowboy This will be my pleasure Always to do and me do the best I can For oh, I need a way to come in And I need a way to come in And I need a way to Okay, there we go. So, precious Jesus, hold my hand. When that video was sent to us, I thought, what perfect timing, God. I don't know if it's you. I'm going to take it as it was you. Here we're talking about children. Next week we're in our our baby dedication. But here Ashley is with that little three-month-old, and what is she singing him? She's singing an old hymn that she grew up with about, you know, Lord, through this land as I roam, this pilgrim land, uh, let me hold your hand, Lord, because that's the safest place to be. And so those are the kinds of things that should be natural in our lives that we're doing with our children and our grandchildren. So we just pray God's blessing on all the children that he brings through our doors. We pray for our parents and we realize that it's not an easy thing to do, but it's the best thing that you can ever do. And so we're going to just continue to lift up the Lord 
and worship him. So would you stand as you think about these things and sing out to the Father?